Hey guys, Rick here. Just wanted to give a brief message uh, before we start into the podcast this week. Um, just a quick announcement. Uh, we have set up a Telegram page, and uh, that'll be um, for us to be able to communicate with each other throughout the week in a in a very easy and efficient way. And uh, if you don't know anything about Telegram or how that works, um, we'll have in the description down below here the all of the directions and links and everything that you need to be able to get that hooked up on your um, phone or computer or device of your choosing. Anyway, with that, let's get into the podcast for this week. Hope you enjoy it. Okay. Thank you. I like them too. They're very comfortable. So I had a couple things that I wanted to talk about tonight, and I couldn't decide between the two. I was kind of going back and forth, back and forth. I felt like God was really laying both of those things on my heart, and I was like, well, let's get more bang for our buck, and maybe we'll just talk about both of them. What's to say that we can't talk about both of them? So I'm going to shorten both of them and just uh, bridge them together. And me without my drum set. (laughs) Boom. So the first thing that I felt was really heavy on my heart this week was um, the idea of the divine feminine. There's a lot of people that really dismiss the femininity of God and the fact that God is equally man and equally woman, but He's mostly spirit, right? And a lot of people will dismiss any talking of God about being a man, I'm sorry, about being a woman, because that's not what it says in the Bible. But I would challenge you that there's a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about God as uh, a woman idea, if you will. There's verses in the Old Testament that talk about uh, him being a mother eagle looking over uh, the, the baby birds. Um, Jesus says um, to over Jerusalem that uh, how, how I wish that I could bring you together like a hen uh, brings in her chicks. This is paraphrased, obviously. Um, and that's, that's a mother um, that does that. The, the, the male doesn't bring in the chicks. The male's out doing other things, right? And so there's a lot of places, and I won't bore you with all of them, but I, I, I guarantee you, if you looked for them, you would find them, that there's a lot of sources in the Bible where you can find that there's a feminine uh, quality to the way that God deals with His children. And it's overlooked too much, in my opinion. And in our world that we live in now, we've come a long way from the way that we treat women, right? We, we treat women pretty well nowadays, but there are still places in the world that don't. I spent a lot of time in Iraq, and the women are still only allowed to ride in the back seat. They're still, in 2021, not allowed to ride in the front seat. It would be very rare for you to see one, and uh, she was usually driving. And uh, that's not even really that common. So we've come a long way, but in Jesus' time, we know that women were not regarded very highly. They were thought of as property. 
and something to be owned, almost like cattle and, and all of the other uh, pieces of their property. And so the idea of Jesus coming as a man and speaking over 160 times about His Father in the Bible, in the New Testament, it makes you wonder, uh, what about the feminine part of God? At least I do. And when you go back into Genesis at the very beginning, you learn that God created man and woman in His image. He says He created us in His image. Man and woman, He created them. And so then one has to wonder, <clears throat> if God is going to create us in His image, then He has to create us in a form that He also is. right? So there has to be a, a divine masculine and a divine feminine. And I'm not sure why this has been so heavily on my heart lately, but maybe some of us need to hear that women are very, very important to God. So much so that when Jesus was walking this earth, He wouldn't have them be mistreated. He wouldn't allow it. He treated them just as well as He treated His disciples. In fact, um, when, when the, um, the woman was brought out before um, the, uh, the people that they were going to stone her because she was uh, in an adul adulterous relationship, he basically told them all, as you probably remember the story, who here is without sin, right? And then she looked up at him after everybody had walked away and he said, go and sin no more. I, I don't condemn you either. Because he didn't have anything. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have anything to condemn her for. He didn't think that what she was doing was good, obviously. He said, go and sin no more. But he treated her like a human being, not a piece of property. There's another story um, that God brought to my mind about Mary and Martha. You guys know the story. We talked a little bit about them uh, last week. And it was Mary and Martha that had the brother Lazarus. And he was the one that died. And then after that whole thing, they went and ate with uh, Mary and Martha. And you had Martha in the other room in the kitchen, if you will, going around and, and uh, preparing the meal and doing all of those things. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and was uh, listening to his message, worshiping and, and uh, giving him praise. And Martha came in and she was angry, right? Because she was like, you're going to let me do all this work by myself? And Jesus said, she's right where she needs to be. She's right where she needs to be. She's learning from me. And, and what I believe he was saying is a woman deserves to sit at my feet and learn from me just as much as a man does. There is no reason why she can't sit here and listen and learn from me here and now. Because that's her choice. She's not choosing to feed me. She's not choosing to fuss over me. She's choosing to learn from me. And that is a very honorable thing in his opinion at that time and so we can go on and on and on we could talk about how in the in the books of poetry how the the lady wisdom is the one that they learn from lady wisdom is referred to as the one that has the wisdom right and that's and that's huge for a culture that doesn't think that women are very 
good at anything and can't even drive a car even now in 2021, they're the ones supplying the wisdom in this poetry. Now, obviously, this wasn't a real lady. She didn't really exist. But the fact that they wrote Lady Wisdom was a huge culture shock, right? Wisdom in that culture doesn't come from women. But if you've ever lived with a woman, you know that there's a lot of wisdom. <laughs> and some of you men might be saying, yeah, eventually, I'll admit it. But there's a lot of wisdom that comes from women. And they are, our, as men, we know, they are our greatest gifts in life. And we know that when God puts us together and we're able to be one, as it says, we come together in marriage as one, then, then we are complete. We are the most like God that we will ever be, right? That's why um, good marriages change the world more than anything else, in my opinion. And if you can have a good marriage with a, a woman of wisdom and a man of strength and humility, then you have a lot. And so that's the first thing that I wanted to bring up tonight because God put it on my heart and I wanted to share it with you guys. And the second thing that I wanted to talk about was um, judgment. We're seeing a lot of judgment in the world uh, these days. We're seeing a lot of people making decisions about what they believe and then becoming very radically opposed to other people and their belief systems and who they are as a human being. And we're seeing our country especially become very divided, very divided by judgmental people. You've got judgmental people on one side, and then you've got judgmental people on the other side, right? Both sides are not willing to give up on their judgmental mindsets. And so how is the country ever going to heal and become one the way that God designed us to be if we can't lay down our judgments, right? So God put it very heavily on my heart as I was studying for this other direction, talking about the feminine uh, aspects of God, he was also very heavily putting on my heart the divisiveness in our world and how it's all rooted in judgment. If you remember Jesus in the Bible, he, uh, he was very anti-judgment. In fact, he spoke quite a bit about it and he said, if you, if you can't forgive your fellow man, obviously paraphrasing, then you won't be able to be forgiven by your father. And that verse really shook me for a long time because I'm pretty judgmental myself. And I have a really hard time reading verses like that because I'm like, yeah, those people are going to get it, huh, God? But then I realize, oh, he's talking about me. And it really begins to hurt when you think about the amount of times that you've judged another human being and you hold them in contempt or you hold them in a place of judgment and, and, and you have stood on the throne of your own life and you've said, I make a judgment on you and I have decided that you are this, that and such. And now you are there in my prison that I've made for you. And, and that's just not the way that Jesus was. 
going back to the woman that was about to be stoned, a lot of people were shocked back then around him when he wrote on the ground, said the first one who was without sin, go ahead and throw the first stone, and they all took off. And then she stood up and he said, I condemn you not. For a Jesus that, or a, I'm sorry, a God that we read about in the Bible that is all about judgment, or so they say, it's kind of reckless for God or for Jesus, uh, who, who is God, to just tell her to go and sin no more. Wouldn't you say? Don't you think you should sit her down and have like a long conversation with her and maybe get her some counseling or some pills? Sorry. Giving her the option to just walk away and make her own decisions to be free of this sin based on what? Mercy. That's really what it was all about, right? He, he based his decision to not judge her on mercy, right? He's hanging on the cross. He's dying. He's just been beaten flogged half to death they slammed a crown of thorns on his head and hit it with a stick just for extra measure then they nailed him to the cross he's being mocked by one guy he's being mocked by them on the ground they're casting lots or gambling for his clothes they put a sign up above his head that's mocking him Everybody around him is mocking him and judging him and calling him names and everything like that. And what does he say? God forgive them for they know not what they do. What an example to follow. What an example to follow. He had every right in our human minds, right? We think he had every right. If anybody had a right to condemn or judge anybody, it was him because he was so innocent, right? See, we're all sinners in here. Don't, don't act like you're not. I'm just kidding. I'm a sinner. I'll be the first to admit it. I don't have any right to judge anybody because I'm, as Paul says, I'm, I'm the chief sinner. Right? I'm the worst of all of them. Jesus was completely innocent. He had done no wrong and He was on a cross and He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He forgave them and He was the one, in my opinion, that was the most um, deserving of being in a seat of judgment. So we hear a lot about judgment and what's to come and we're all going to die someday and then we're going to go and we're going to stand on the great throne judgment and all of these different things. And I want you to remember that. I want you to remember what he said when he was dying. I want you to remember what he said when he was picking that woman up off the ground. I want you to remember what he said to all of these people when he was here on earth. Because I don't think the judgment is going to be what we think it is. I don't think it's going to be as wild and crazy and harsh as we think it is. Because his whole philosophy was getting out of the judgment game altogether. He says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, right? Vengeance is mine. Well, what was Jesus' vengeance? 
Yeah. Well, he did come in like a lamb, but he is coming back in judgment. He is coming back in judgment, but what does that judgment look like? Now, we assume that his judgment is going to be what we think it's going to be, what we want it to be, right? How many of you would love to see the pedophiles and the human traffickers and all of these terrible, nasty Satan worshipers to go down and burn because they deserve it, right? I mean, we could stomp our feet and clap all day long and be like, yeah, let's let them burn. But I don't know what Jesus is going to do, and neither do we. None of us know what he's going to do at the end. All I know is what he did when he was here. And that's the only thing that I can follow. Now, am I saying he's not going to judge harshly? No, I'm not saying that. Because I don't know. What I'm saying is, his message to us was to get out of the judgment game altogether. Amen. Just get out of it. Don't be a part of it. If you've got people that are talking trash at work or, or, or being negative about something, just remove yourself from the situation. It's so easy, trust me, I've been there. It's so easy to just get involved and be like, yeah, I know, that guy's an idiot. And, and what you're doing is you're stepping right into that trap, right? And I'm preaching to myself here tonight, guys, because God put this really heavily on my heart, probably for me. It's probably had nothing to do with you guys. But we all do this. We all judge, and we all make our own way, and we step on our throne, and we say, I'll handle this, God. We got this. And I think the best thing that we can do as I finish up and we can sing some more songs is just to get out of the judgment game altogether, just as Jesus did. Say, go and sin no more. Choose, choose your own path. But know that God is watching you and He loves you and He wants you to be good. He wants you to love others. And when you realize that we are all one, all of us, even that jerk at the office, we're all one. God created us as all one family and that we are all sons and daughters of the Most High God. When you realize that, it really changes your perspective. And it might be that's why it was so easy for Jesus to say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do because He knew that was His brothers and sisters beating Him. You know the story of Joseph? I know, I said I was going to finish. I just thought of something else. You know the story of Joseph when he, his brothers rip off his, uh, his technicolored jacket and they throw him into that pit, right? And then they go to his father and they lie and said that he was attacked and he's dead. And then he goes off and is sold into slavery, right? And then he goes and then he has this issue with, uh, um, what's his name? Potiphar's wife and she's trying to do her thing and he's like get me out of here and it becomes a big thing then he gets thrown in jail and then he has all of his stuff there and then he eventually becomes the second in command of Egypt the only person under Pharaoh and he's running the world basically at that time and his brothers come to him and this is basically the same thing that Jesus did if you put it in Jesus's context his brothers come to him and they say Forgive us. And he does. 
he could have done whatever he wanted to him. He was the second highest in command of the whole world. He could have ended their life right then and there and probably would have slept just fine. But that's not who he was. That's not the example the Bible is giving us. The example the Bible is giving us is to forgive even though you have been wronged so much. Peter goes to Jesus and says, how many times should we forgive? Seven times? Seventy-seven times? Uh, No, seven times, seventy-seven times, Jesus says. And what he's saying is, this is just a big number. It's not necessarily a math problem. It's for you to understand that you just keep forgiving. Just keep forgiving. Don't stop forgiving. Because if I give you a limit, then you'll forgive till that point, knowing you, Peter, and you'll stop. Right? So, just let it all go. We've got a lot going on in our world right now. There's there's people that are breaking things for no reason. They're setting things on fire for no reason. They're, they're hating on our cops who protect us for no reason. We've got people that are battling about who's president and who's not president. We've got people that are battling over race, over who's gotten their shot and who hasn't gotten their shot. Our world is going into segregation all over again. God wants us to be the light of the world. And this is our time to shine, right? And uh, I won't make you sing that song, but, uh, <laughs> but it's, a good, it's a good reminder. So with that, I will actually end now and let you guys talk because I like that better. Anyway, so does anybody have any thoughts? I got this thing going with God. 
I want to challenge him to a mercy contest. <laughs> and I'm losing bad. <laughs> but I do not think you can go to hell for too much mercy. I don't think it's possible because I don't think to know the length and the breadth and the height and the depth of the love of God. Um, that's what I want to know. And I'm chasing that wherever that ends. And the further I get, the further I see it keep, it's bigger, it's wider, it's yeah. beyond. Because uh, God spoke to me one time and I was having a rough time and not, not um, be feeling good about myself because of the way I was. Now I've been in this game for a long time and a lot of times I've become an angel, but I backslid and bore my wings off. <laughs> and I was in one of them places where I just didn't feel good about myself because of my own sin, my own failure. When knowing in my heart how much I loved him, you know, you always hurt the one you love. Mm -hmm. You feel that pain, that hurt when you see, you know his pain, his hurt for you. Um, but I'm going through this thing and it was just, it wasn't an audible voice, but it's as real as God's voice has ever been to me. He said, you are where you are, more because of my wisdom than your own disobedience. Mm -hmm. The next thing that come out of that same conversation was, what you have done wrong pales in comparison to what my son has done right. Mm -hmm. and so. You can embroider that on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Here a few years back, I was going through Eugene, and of course the homeless situation has gotten worse and worse over the years. And and um, I found myself going down the road and you'd see a homeless person wigged out or, you know, doing what often they do. And I, I found myself judging that person. The Holy Spirit convicted me. He says, you know that? You, you don't know the situation. You don't judge unless you be judged. And like God's word says, we'll be judged by the measure in which we judge. Mm -hmm. And so... It's like it's it, it it began to change the way I view those folks instead of standing in judgment, mm -hmm. instead pray yeah. for them, and, and it, 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 it's not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting how much that whole population has grown. I mean, I was just over. In Eugene, I mean, I'm in Eugene all the time, and I, I'm shocked at the number of tents, cities that are popping up everywhere, and, and RV cities that are popping up everywhere. And I found myself in that same situation, you know, just like, what is going on around here? Yeah, there's trash everywhere, you know. You you could be homeless, but you you could be clean, you know. <laughs> just all those things that go through my mind, you know. And then it's just like. What are you doing, man? See, I'm guilty of judgment. We all are. Yeah. And I don't want to be judged. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know 
Yeah, we really don't. We don't know what's going on with them. Or, you know, just anything could happen to each of our lives, and we'd be in the same situation. Mm. We're all very fortunate to, to yeah. have a home. Yeah, very fortunate. And the Lord's Prayer says, forgive, forgive me. <laughs> forgive those that trespass against us. Yeah, as we, as we forgive those. So he's, we've got to forgive before he will forgive us. Yeah. Gosh, why do we have to talk about this tonight, Rick? Great. It really is. It really is. I just love how, um, going back to the women in the Bible and how um, the how he came out to the woman at the well and had, has his first, that's what he first told publicly. You know, of course, his disciples knew, but he came out to a, a Samaritan woman um, who had had five husbands and wasn't even with her current husband. So, I mean, the fact that that's who he chose to tell first that he was the Messiah. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think that says so much. Mary was the first <laughs> he revealed himself to when he resurrected. Yep. Yep. First one he uh, revealed himself to was Mary Magdalene. Oh yeah. 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 Well the he sent them to take the message to the disciples. <laughs> Well, those big strong men were over cowering in a corner in the upper room somewhere. Is anyone going to talk about God being a woman? God being a woman? What do you want to say about that, Cord? Well, uh, we always refer to it as, you know, God the Father of mm -hmm. all of us. You know, that begs the question of who's the mother, right? Yeah. Oh, it's spirit. <laughs> I think that really, uh, I get what you're saying, and I've heard that a lot, actually. I've gotten that question a lot. People, people used to ask me, you know, is God a man or a woman? And I don't think it, it's not very simple for some people to understand because you, we have human minds, so we grow up with human experiences and human understanding of how we, you know, in, in this realm that we live in, work. You know, and if that's all that we understand, then that's all that we can understand. So when you say that God is outside of time, as an example, what does that look like? And, and exactly, exactly. So we struggle with these concepts, and so the best way that the Bible can explain it to people, especially those back then, on their level, was to say that He's like a father. You know, and that and that really resonated with them back then because they were a very masculine culture. But then for others, uh, you know, he, he's depicted as as a very womanly type of a spirit. So God does not have a gender. He's he does not have a time. He does not have a space. He does not have a form, but he can take form. Obviously, he can show up as a man. He could show up as a woman and. And we probably wouldn't even know it, right? The, the Bible says we could be entertaining angels and we wouldn't even know it. Not to say that angels are God, but you know what I mean. It's, it's the concept that we need to begin to wrap our minds around is that God is outside of all of these constructs that we have. He created these constructs for us. 
But he's everywhere. And, then, and that's how he can be omnipresent is because he is outside of time and he's not in any one form. But when you tell somebody God's omnipresent, they're like, oh yeah, how could he be everywhere at one time? It's like, because he's not anywhere at any one time. <laughs> you know, God is like uh, a, a thousand years is like a second to God. It, it's nothing. If uh, we're all male and female in this process, destined to become a bride yeah. full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, we, we all got that. If we got the Spirit, we got the whole character of God. Mm-hmm. And we need to see ourselves that way. Um, and uh, love our wives like Christ loved the church, you know. And also when we were talking about the judgment thing and why I shared what I did is we can get pretty hard on ourselves sometimes and put ourselves through a lot of misery for a lack of faith of what he's done for ourselves personally. Yeah, forgiving ourselves is huge too, right? It's pretty hard to forgive others if you don't forgive yourself, too. Yeah, you can hold yourself in a lot of condemnation and a lot of hurt and lock yourself in a cage of unworthiness. Another scripture to me that's so powerful for us that we we can walk in and it's one that can blow your mind. He said, whoever sins you forgive, I forgive. And uh, whoever accepts you, accepts me. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of power in them two verses mm-hmm. that we miss out on that is beneficial to those that don't know him. Yeah. Uh, we all have a certain amount of people in our lives. Uh, praise God, when most of them are brothers and sisters in the Lord. Mm. But we also have these contacts with people that we love, that we worry about, that we, man, I wish they'd change and we could get deliverance from that or whatever. And those scriptures put a little more power in my heart when I think, if I forgive me, God forgives me. And if, if he feels that forgiveness, he's I mean, them kind of people, if you're operating in that, they accept you, they receive you, you're not pushing them, you're not. Yeah. You know, you're just loving them, demonstrating what you preached about Jesus did, you know. Yeah. He, he wasn't running around judging people. Yeah. And so I think as far as the gospel and, uh, and, and uh, the harvest, so to speak, we have a lot more power and a lot more latitude mm-hmm. uh, that we can express that love that's unmeasurable. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to be shocked how this turns out. I would agree with you, my friend. I would agree with you. There was a girl that used to live with us. I, I was previously married. I was living in Washington, and this girl used to live with us because her parents had moved out of town, and she was older. She was like 20, and she didn't have anywhere to live, so she came and lived with us for a couple months while she was going to get another place to stay. 
she was working all that out. So we had an extra room. So this one day I came home from work and I was in a hurry going somewhere. So I ran in the, in the door and I even left the door open and I went to go grab what I grabbed. And as I glanced into her room, her door was open and she was on the floor bawling with her Bible in her lap, just sobbing her eyes out. And so I grabbed the thing that I was grabbing and on my way out the door, cause I was in a hurry, I was like, are you okay? Is everything all right? And she was like, I just don't even know if I'm a Christian anymore. I just don't even know if I'm saved anymore. And she was going through what you were talking about, you know, feeling unworthy, feeling all those things. And I felt bad cause I was in a hurry and I was like, I really don't have time for this. <laughs> That's a big conversation, you know, how do we tackle this? And so, and to this day, I believe it was a God thing. I said to her, the fact that you're sitting on the ground with your Bible in your lap and you even care whether you're a Christian or not says that you're doing just fine. Love you. Hope you get it figured out. Gotta go. <laughs> and I took off. Because that's just who I am. Yeah. So I came back later that night and she was fine. And she came up to me and she said, you know what? That really helped me. That was the thing that I needed. And I'm like, good, because I didn't really know what else to say. <laughs> so praise God. But we do that, right? We put ourselves in this box and we're like, I'm just not good enough to deserve this mercy, deserves this, this grace that God's given me. And I'm just not enough. And uh, the fact is, is the, the fact that you're even thinking about it means that you're doing just fine. If you didn't care, and we've been there, I know we all have. If you didn't care about God, you didn't care about being saved, you didn't care about being forgiven, you didn't care about any of that, you wouldn't even be thinking about it. You'd be doing something else. you say women have tempers <laughs> oh that too <laughs> i heard him like steel bro yeah 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 tempered steel got it well i don't want to take up too much more of your time if you do have any more thoughts that come up throughout the week maybe you think of something we're gonna come up with that uh telegram page and we'll put that together uh we'll send you all the links and then you'll be able to we can continue this conversation for as long as we want, as long as your little thumbs desire.
With that, we'll go ahead and transition to some more music. <laughs> 